Duncan. Rich. <laughs> Have you watched Die I'm Hard? My... Have you watched Die I'm Hard my... yet? <laughs> Depending on my answer, am I allowed back in? <laughs> <laughs> you say no. I'm gonna put the fucking. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna put the phone down on you. <laughs> Um, by by this point, by the time this comes out, I will have at least seen some of the <laughs> You know, you could just go on YouTube and be like, "What? Sum up Die Hard." I I I know I know the story of Die Hard. He goes crawling around in the vents, and then he kicks some ass and takes some names. And next thing I know, Hans Gruber gets thrown off Nakatomi Plaza backwards, going, Aah. "What about and the whole thing blows up?" What about the cop, Al? Who gives a fuck about the cop? Nobody talks about the, <laughs> the cop. The cop, Al, is amazing. He's one of the best characters in the fucking Die Hard. <laughs> Everybody talks about Hans Gruber. <laughs> and you don't know Sean about McClane. Al, okay? You don't know about Al, and Al is a fucking fine actor. Right, Duncan, pick a number between one and ten. Uh, number six. <laughs> <laughs> number six, okay, all right. Please be, please be kind to me. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think you can talk about this, Dunk. This is... Hey, I can talk about Die Hard for 20 minutes, <laughs> I just haven't seen it. Today we are talking about pubs. Pubs. I miss pubs. You miss pubs, Dunk? I miss pubs. Is I that... do miss pubs. Do you miss pubs because of the pandemic or because there's no pubs in Scotland? Um, The concept of a pub in Scotland is very different to the concept of a pub in England. I thought it was just full of alcoholics. I thought Scotland... I thought all Scottish people were drunks. Sorry. They are, but they tend to drink in their own house, alone, crying on a sofa, because they haven't got a TV and they can't watch Die Hard. Um, yeah, I, am I, so my, my childhood, I would, my life has been shaped by pubs. The first 18 years of my life were shaped by pubs. That's a bold thing to say. Considering you're not legally allowed to drink in pubs until you're 18. Yeah. Say that the first 18 years of your life were shaped by the very thing you're not actually allowed to go into. What? How? How and why? So the year was 1991. <laughs> and um, my mother and father lived in a two-bed house. It was a sort of two up, two down. A very, very small little narrow Victorian house. Lovely long garden, though. Beautiful long garden. And this house um, <laughs> was literally a stone's throw away from a pub. Okay. So my mum, before she had me, she was in the police. After she had me, she wasn't in the police. My dad wasn't in the police, ever. He was a bus driver, but then uh, he used to tour with rock and roll bands. That's cool. And then I was on my way. So he wasn't going around Europe and spending months at a time away from home. I feel like your parents have just told you that you that when you were born, you ruined their life. I, essentially, because of my birth and my sister's birth, my parents turned to drink. And um, to fund such a thing, they actually worked in the pub that was a stone's throw away from our front door. Okay. Uh, so from... Pretty much the, the first week that I, I was born and at home, I was taken into this pub along with my parents' German Shepherd, the first German Shepherd my parents had, which was called Zeus. Cool. They got him a couple of years before they, they had us, and he adored us. He looked after us like we were his puppies. 
plus it was a free form of food whenever we drop it off a high chair because me and my sister were not very very good at eating um but anyway i spent a lot of time in that pub like i'd go into the pub and my sister and i would sleep in the corner or we'd get put in the room above the pub the people at the pub kind of were like aunties and uncles to us as we were growing up because you know we were toddlers we go in there um friend of ours who drank in the pub she has a son who wasn't i think he's a month younger than myself <clears throat> and so they used to take it in turns babysitting and you know the pub in essence was the community it was that particular part of the town everybody used to go there in the evenings um, and hang out, and they all got involved in each other's lives, and they take it in turns to babysit so that the rest of them could go to the pub. And I never forgot it. You know, growing up, we used to go to various different events there. Even when we moved away from Tring, uh, we moved to a village five miles away. We'd still go back to that pub for special events. We'd get invited there for Boxing Day, which every Christmas they'd have a they'd shut the pub, and friends and family and people that work there would be allowed into the pub for an evening. And that's where I learned how to play darts. I learned how to pull a pint at the age of six. I used to drink bottles of appetizer. Um, I had some wonderful, wonderful experiences. And that sense of family and community, for me, is what a pub should be. And I don't know whether or not you agree or disagree. I don't know what you. What was your first experience of a pub? What's a pub to you, Rich? Um, <clears throat> I guess I have mixed feelings about uh, pubs. Um, similar to yourself, uh, by twenty, by the age of twenty-one, all those years previously, um, my sister had managed pubs and um, owned a pub and ran a pub uh, in Manantry and in South Woodford before that. Um, so I had kind of known it as this nice family thing, and I guess I had quite nice, much like yourself, quite nice memories and feelings towards it. Then I made the mistake of working in a pub. Uh, and when you work in a pub and you see every fucking asshole that can, comes into the pub, you learn that not everyone is as nice as you think. Um, and they're, they're not all nice family people who are really lovely and about the community. Some people are fucking pricks. And they ruin it for everyone else. Um, and yeah, lots of bar fights, lots of police phone calls. Um, yeah, I have mixed views on pubs. Pubs are brilliant um, as long as they're managed well, I would say. Yeah. See, I think your experience of pubs is very different because obviously you were in the big smoke growing up. Yeah, um, yeah, in, in, in the old LDN. Um, so, again, I mean, your pubs would be generally the places for the locals. So you'd still have, like, the pubs were where people from that area went. So you wouldn't travel across London to go to another pub. Yeah. you drink at your local, your lo you know. Like East End, it's cliche, but like East End, but that's the Queen the, Vic is that, a local. Everybody from that square goes to that pub. That's the thing that's so different is I would say a country pub is so different to like a London city pub. 
so oh, so different. Uh, yeah, a country pub is quiet and chilled, and it, because yeah, like I was saying, it 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 did genuinely feel like part of the community. Like See, that's what I that's just... what I miss, and that's what I didn't have in London really. Um, but then I have, um, I I then ended up uh, going to. Walthamstow Village and Walthamstow Village has some lovely pubs with a nice bit of community feel um, and very different to other areas. Would you have you got a local now though? Because this is the thing that I miss with not being, you know, back amongst towns and everything else. I don't have a local anymore. Um, when I lived back in when I moved back in England for a couple of years, I had. I didn't go to it often, but I did have a pub within the near vicinity that I could walk to that I enjoyed drinking in. Mm. So when uh, my dad helped me move out, after we'd finished off and we were just about to go and stay in the hotel for that night, I took him to my local. We shared a couple of pints. And it was it was just nice. It was just a nice place to drink. That's how I'd like it to be, yes. And it's, oh, I don't know. Okay, but think... what what you're adding there, right, and is the important thing that I think we're missing, is it's not just the the local pub, is it? It's the people in the local pub that make it so nice. So what you had yeah, was oh, either 100%. that relationship with someone. So, for example, I've got three um, pubs literally on the road that I live on. I've got three pubs. I'm, in a way, sport for choice. They're very small pubs, very small country pubs, but there's there's still three pubs on my road. Um, but I've got no one to drink with Dunk. So if I go to any of these pubs, I'm pretty much just going to sit there and drink by myself. And I don't think that's as fun. Ah, <laughs> uh, but then if you go there enough by yourself, you then become a member of um, what I like to refer to as the bar flies. Okay. And again, you know, a lot of the bar flies at my at the pub just around the corner from where I used to. So the story about the pub around the corner from where I, I was born, essentially, and grew up, um, even after my parents moved away and stopped going to it, as I grew grew up locally, it became my local, to a point where I actually worked behind the bar for a couple of weeks mm. and did a beer festival and various other sort of stuff. But the same people that I refer to as bar flies, they'd all just float in and sit at the bar and then... By the end of the night, you'd have a gaggle of about 20 people, which in a small pub with a very small bar is a lot of people. Mm. Um, it doesn't leave a lot of space for other people to order their drinks, I should say that much. No. Um, but it's the same people like every night. Mm. And they've all got their routine, and they'll all just appear and turn up. But then they all, because they're getting inebriated, and they're all getting, you know, a little bit looser with their conversation. They're all talking to each other anyway. Yeah. So they might not have started as friends, but through sheer persistence of repeatedly coming back to the same place and having a routine, they've become friends with the people around them. I think in some places, if you're new to an area, you almost have to do that to integrate with a local community. Maybe. I mean, I've not done it here. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm a bit socially awkward with that stuff. I found it much easier when I was younger. I think my best memories of pub was definitely my sister's pub when in Manitry, the village maid that she used to manage and run. Used to be great staying there and um, really nice community feel there. Um, 
really nice food, really nice drink. It was it was a lovely country pub. Um, See, that's what you need. Yeah, yeah. So, describe so to to any listener that doesn't know or doesn't understand what a country pub is. It's not a bar. No. It it doesn't. What what you really want for a decent country pub is a ceiling that feels low. So it it's not. It doesn't have to be a low ceiling, but it it feels close. It feels cozy. Like you go in there. The perfect time of year for a pub is now. So you want a fire in the corner somewhere. You want a bar that's been sanded and restained so many times. It's slightly rough around the edges. You've got your traditional pumps with, you know, you've got your at least three pumps, maybe even four. They've got various different draft ales that nobody's heard of. Um, right. The lighting's slightly dim. Yeah. Um, the walls are painted a dark color, but it's not oppressive. It still feels warm. There's beams, um, right, Dunk? There's beams. Oh, but yeah. I mean, you think traditional. You think almost like a Tudor. Yeah. A Tudor. A Tudor pub. Um. But it's yeah, it's low. It's cozy. Somehow, because of the beams, because of the lowness of the ceiling, there's a, a a low rumble in the bar, but it's not so loud that if you're at a table in the corner, you can't hear each other. You can hear someone laugh. If, if there's like a particularly funny joke and someone's laughing from the other side of the bar, you can hear it as part of like the background noise. Mm. But then it fills in. And it's, you know, like the glasses aren't uniform. They're not sponsored by a brand. They've just got like this mix of all sorts of different characters. You've got people that are retired. You've got people that are working. You've got brickies. You've got tradies. You've got people from theatres. You've got everybody in this pub mixing together and rubbing shoulders. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to have a pool table. It probably has to have a dartboard, I think. Uh, if it, yeah, I guess so. A lot of country pubs, even country pubs where the ceiling was so low you couldn't actually play darts properly, <laughs> still had a dartboard in the corner. Like sure. It was normally above a table in the corner as well, so you'd have to get people to move out of the way so you could drag the table out of the way to play darts. Mm. No one ever played darts. Uh, you got a couple of fruit machines, normally by the door. It's just sort of out of the way. And... Um, yeah, the ceilings, because a lot of the pubs are older than the smoke. So the smoking ban in the UK came into place in 2007. Yeah. And a lot of pubs benefited from having smoking because you couldn't smell how bad the bathrooms were. Like the toilets are horrific in these pubs. They yeah, just yeah. smell of stagnant piss. doesn't matter how clean they are at the start of the night. By the end of the night, it smells 120 years old. Yeah, that is a special smell. <laughs> it is a special smell. And the only way to combat that is with bleach. But without the smoke of the pre-smoking ban pub, that drifts into the bar and it's just, yeah, it, it kind of, I don't know. I'm not romanticising smoking here. <laughs> it's, a, it's not a particularly good habit to pick up. Um, but it's all part of that sort of historic thing. Think um, the Prancing Pony in The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> The floor shit. The tables are lovely. You got lots of bar flies around the the bar. You got a weird guy sat in the corner smoking his pipe, not saying anything to anybody. 
but that doesn't, you know, in a, in a small pub, you're never going to have enough tables for that anyway. What What are your thoughts on reading in a pub? Going to the pub, taking a book, reading, having a drink? Um, depends on the time of day. For me, you're not you're got, not going to do it in an evening. I got a friend who enjoys it, and and I I'm quite envious whenever they post a picture of them doing it on Instagram. I'm like, that does look lovely. I really, you know, it looks really cool. Here's my book. Here's my pint at the pub, having a nice read. Cool. But for me, sensory wise, I could not concentrate on a book in a pub. I I'm I'd be listening to everyone's conversation. I just couldn't stop. I wouldn't be able to focus on my book. Uh, yeah, I can I can see where you're coming from there. I think it's probably the same mentality and group of people that would take a, a book into a, a coffee shop. So they might go into the coffee shop from, say, 9 a.m. till midday. And then having had their fill of coffee, move to the pub for the afternoon. Mm. But it, I, for me, it's got to be that lunchtime service time that you go in. Or the end of lunchtime service and before the evening shift. You couldn't take a book into a pub in an evening and enjoy it. For yeah, like you said, there's just too much noise, too much hustle and bustle. What about a pub quiz? Because I'm a big fan of a pub quiz. Love a pub quiz. Pub quiz is great. I don't think you've Love. you're not really experienced a great group bonding experience if you haven't done a good pub quiz. I will say there's a certain um, you got you got to have a certain level of give and take with a pub quiz. Sure. Nobody likes a smart ass. No, no, no. You can't be the guy that knows the answer to everybody. But if you're the guy that clutches an answer that nobody else knows in the dying seconds of that question being asked, and you sit there and you ponder it and you're like, "No, I know this," you could you can look like a hero. Are you good at Are you good at a pub quiz, Dunk? Um. It depends on who's saying it. I feel like you would be quite good at it because you're quite a knowledgeable person. You know a lot about I, stuff. I think, I think I've got a good enough level of um, general knowledge. I did not a pub quiz per se, but I did a charity quiz um, with my aunt, uncle, cousins, and I bought a, a childhood friend with me. Um, and me and that childhood friend... We played the Joker, so we got double points in the music round. And because of us, we won the quiz. Like we came out of nowhere. We completely blindsided. There were people leading all night. It was like the penultimate round, and we played the Joker. And while they were marking it, we, we, I mean, we won it. We won the quiz. Nice. What did you win? What did you win? Um, I think because it was a charity thing, it was like a, a bottle of wine and a bouquet of flowers or something. Okay. So I pretty much just gave that to my aunt and said, there you go. Yeah. Um, but it's like we were talking about that as like a great achievement for a month afterwards. Yeah, I mean. Not me personally, but like every time I saw him, it's like, <laughs> here's the guy who won the quiz. I got roped into another quiz a few weeks later. <laughs> um, pulled out some quality answers in that. And then... Yeah, can it, you, was a, it was a school quiz. There's a bit you, of in, in, in-house cheating going on. Can you give our American school. listeners uh, a kind of sample of a question you would get in a pub quiz? Uh, oh, can I give... <sighs> He's stumped. I, I could give an example of like a tiebreaker. A tiebreaker question would be like, 
the nearest 20 mile. minutes 